Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Today, we're going to be talking about the battle for the soul. Ultimately, how do we escape the matrix, the construct, the hologram, the simulation, whatever you choose to call it? We're going to be looking at some text today. And uh, I think getting into some very interesting things. Uh, this will be a bit of a how-to guide for you, if you will. Um, and so don't take my word for it. You can try it for yourself. Uh, read the text for yourself. What's up, Truth That Travels? Welcome, everybody. Hope you are having a beautiful day. Um, I started today's study by looking at uh, reincarnation in the Bible. By the way, there's just a ton of different evidences within the Bible uh, for reincarnation, but this is not going to be a biblical argument or proof or anything like that of reincarnation because ultimately that starts falling apart when we get into that uh, because there's so much doctrine and dogma around that and so much of the heaven and H-E double toothpick imagery uh, that we get into very, very quickly. So I'm going to, for all intents and purposes, try to avoid the avoid the biblical side of this because if you understand the Eastern mystic side of this, it's going to really open up your understanding. Uh, just doing a quick Google search on does the Bible support reincarnation, you get a thousand. It's actually about four million results, and not one of them could I find that actually talks about biblical reincarnation in a way with an open mind. Uh, they're all basically trying to disprove it and talk about, you know, Jesus is the one way to heaven and that's where we're going next or we're going to H-E double toothpick. And personally, guys, that's just not what I believe. It's not what I've experienced from um, working with um, all of the spiritual tools that I have with uh, working with the Eastern mystic documents of things like the Dhammapadas, the Bhagavad Gita. Um, I'm about to start the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is a beautiful, beautiful book on uh, kind of what it means to prepare for the afterlife. But ultimately, um, as I've talked about, especially within the Gnostic belief systems, about the trap that we're in here, about the construct, the hologram, the matrix, the um, you can call it uh, whatever you want, really. But ultimately, it's not real because it's not going to stand the test of time. What's up, Brandon? How are you doing, my brother? Um, thank you guys uh, for sharing and liking the live, by the way. <clears throat> I'm a little under the weather this morning. We had a big weather change here. It got warm today, so uh, <clears throat> my voice is a little off. But, you know, we push through. We push through. So, um so the, the section I'm going to be reading today in the Bhagavad Gita, um, it says how to cut the tree of attachment and attain salvation by taking refuge in God. Now, ultimately, I want to disclaim, first off, this is not a religious channel. And so I'm not going to get into the debate here of Jesus is the way, because I believe that that's what this is saying. I mean, if you look at the characteristics of Jesus or the Christ, I believe that's within us. I believe we can awaken it. We can raise it to new life. Like literally that whole gospel story can happen within us. Um, I don't believe a dogmatic belief system or an iconography of a certain tone of Jesus is how you enter nirvana. Um, ultimately, I believe it is through the modes of what he stood for. And even when you look when he says like in my name, especially in that time, a name was an identifier of a characteristics of a person. And so it would have made a whole lot of sense that whenever we hear in his name um, or through him, that it ultimately is through those characteristics. And I know that could be a loose interpretation, but it really is not when you understand Eastern mysticism. Um, and this is, guys, this might be one of the most important episodes I've done. So share it, like it, drop some stars, whatever you can do. Let's get it out there. I know it's early, you know, for a lot of you, depending on what part of the country or world you're in. Tyler, what's up, my friend? How are you? Good to see you. Mystic Me, welcome. Uh, Straight, how are you doing? Uh, yes, I love Billy Carson and Bashar. Absolutely. Big fans of all of them. Um, 
Atonement at one mint. Yes, absolutely. Truth that travels. Very, very good um, insight there. At one mint is atonement. Um, and then Clint says, why doesn't God show himself? Um, and actually, you know, he is. He expresses himself through every person on the planet, every star in the galaxy, um, every animal on the planet, all the trees, all the electrostatic impulses through everything. Um, you know, he is pure energy com coming through all things, through uh, the campfire, the sunlight, the moonlight. Um, that's ultimately what, if you get into the Gita or the Bhagavad Gita, um, that's ultimately what we discover about what we call God. Now, gods, I don't talk about the gods a lot. And this is where we get in all these, no, there's only one true God. And I just, I try to ultimately say that God He's not who we think he is. And I don't even call what most people try to say God is. I don't call that God. I call that source. I call that the supreme being. Um, I call that the all, the one, the divine father, mother, the child. Because ultimately we're a part of that. The created is a part of the creator or we wouldn't even exist. And so... Like we have to get deeper into that understanding. That's why a lot of people can wake up and say, oh my gosh, I am God. And they can feel it and they can know it. And it's not an egotistical thing when you get to that point, guys. And from someone who's not at that point, you go, that is blasphemy. That is heresy. They can't say that. Blah, blah, blah. What's up, uh, Missy? How are you doing? Uh, Missy says, hey, Mythos fam, absolutely. Uh, God lives within our souls. Um Truth of Travel says, hey, sis star. I love how you guys uh, have, have your different uh, code names for each other. That's awesome. Um, Rennie says, I'm at that point. Yeah, absolutely, Rennie. So you know what I'm talking about. I had that point while I was driving. Um, and I almost had to pull over because it was such an overwhelming feeling and knowing and understanding of I am Christ. Like, not, I'm a part of it. Uh, I'm like, I literally have the capacity to wake up and be Christ in the world. And you do too. And ultimately, that's the mission that I'm doing here. Um, and I'm, I'm going to try to get away from some of the, like, wild out there thoughts, like, that I've really been vibing on lately. But ultimately, they're going to make their way in here. And I've watched a lot fall off. Like, I've watched um, a lot of people, they need to hear the fact that the battle is at hand. They need to hear the fact that it's light versus darkness. They need something to go against or for, to join or whatever. And I'm just, I'm, I'm putting all my cards out there, guys. I'm letting you guys know what's up. And ultimately, I don't believe that there's anything to do. I don't believe, I, I believe that this moment, this time right now is all that is. And just being in the moment and attaining God, source, unity is ultimately the only work to do. Because ultimately that severs this eternal banyan tree, the tree of life. Um, we literally, like I said, see reincarnation several times within the Bible. Even the whole imagery of like receiving glorified bodies meets with that ascension protocol that everybody talks about with the whole extraterrestrial like you leave this incarnation and you're going to move to a higher density. You're going to move into 5D. You'll get a 5D body and then a 60 and a 70 or whatever on up the the thing. Um, and so, yeah, Bliss, ask whatever questions you want, my friend. Uh, happy to answer any questions on here. Um, so for me, like that's kind of a pretty good clue about reincarnation. Yet we also have this underlying understanding, especially from Jesus from the words of Jesus that this kingdom, this eternity is already within you and whatever incarnation you're in, you're just taking that with you and the higher density you are as you ascend in your physical incarnations, ultimately you get closer and closer to pure energy, to pure consciousness, pure awareness. And so, you know, why is it that there can be millions of souls here that remember past lives on this planet well ultimately it's because reincarnation i believe is a thing and i believe that we come back here over and over and over until we ascend to the higher densities and then god only knows what testing and proving grounds and remembering there is there 
uh, we could be in that 5D realm and go, you know, I mean, who's to say that we didn't come from a lower realm before this, that you didn't have past lives and what, you know, might be construed in the Bible as this Sheol, the place of the unalived, you know, the, the lowest vibration where it literally is just like hell on earth all the time. And ultimately, you know, to say we didn't come from that at some point and that we're in our three-dimensional vibration now and, and, you know, even moving our consciousness into the four or five D and that as we ascend this kind of Jacob's ladder, if you will, um, that ultimately we end up in a place of being reincarnated and in a glorified body, more of an extraterrestrial, different frame, living a lot longer, a lot higher, more connected consciousness, the ability to even build beautiful societies. I don't know that we even have that ability now, guys. Um, and I don't want to put limitations on humanity, but I think we've just, we see how under the construct we are like that beast system that everyone thinks is coming has been here all along. And I don't think that there's anything within that, that it hasn't been like everyone's already, I believe marked with your thoughts and your actions by what you serve into it's political, it's economic, it is religious and you know, you got perfectly good people that that purely, truly believe that they've found the way, and it's either in their politic, their economic status, or within their religious right. And ultimately, all of that serves into the same system and keeps this tree propped up, keeps it fed, keeps the roots nourished, and ultimately the tree of life, or the tree of uh, this eternal banyan tree, or Maya, as the Hindu um, the Bhagavad Gita calls it, is uh, the thing that keeps the illusion propped up. And ultimately, at the end of that is the source energy. Um, and in fact, we're going to hear about here where the supreme abode is a place where the sun does not shine. There actually is no like what we consider like emanating energy, because if you're in the middle of the source, you are the source and you don't perceive it. And it's kind of a weird uh understanding here um and so we're going to get into that uh somebody says i worship my dog yeah i mean you can worship literally whatever you want by the way you can build your own god i almost called this today build a god workshop because we literally like why are there billions and billions and billions of gods because literally there's billions and billions and billions of people and a god an elohim is a thought just like you are coming from the source you have free will to craft those thoughts in whatever vibration you want. Why is it that we have gods like the elephant god or the monkey god? It's because peoples, they looked upon the characteristics of certain animals at that time. They understood there was a source emanating through them. They had metaphysical practices and they finally realized that they are co-creators and literally started creating all of these different gods that give us modes in which to worship through. It's why bhakti yoga is so powerful. It's why Jesus practiced it. It's why he had devotees. If you go through the guru, you go through the door. The guru has located the door and understands the door. By the way, I'm not your guru. Tony Robbins has said that too. In fact, he's got a whole documentary called I Am Not Your Guru. So I'm not here to be a guru, but I am here to maybe lead you to the path of the gurus and ultimately your own path, and maybe you become a guru. Um, and so that is kind of where I'm approaching this today. Really, really interesting text we're about to get into. Um, let's see. Uh, Michelle says, I don't think we choose. Um, or no, I think we picked. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all choose whatever God we want. Um, and ultimately it doesn't matter what church temple construct you're a part of. Um, I love you. I support you, but ultimately you can go to two different churches, you know, a block away from each other and they're serving different gods. They literally have different constructs of what that God should look like, feel like, act like one focuses more on old Testament characteristics. One focuses more on the Christ-like characteristics Again, we're going to serve under what we choose to serve under. That's why I don't choose to serve under like the Old Testament energy of that construct of God, which ultimately was manifest from those people um, within the Old Testament. Um, 
And you can see that within many, many, many different cultures that as you're living in kind of a culture that's more of a flesh-based culture, like you have to do a lot to survive. You, there's a lot of war going on, stuff like that. Ultimately, the God that is constructed comes out of a people um, by the collective agreement, the collective experience of what salvation might look like in that instance. And so this is, again, I know I'm getting into that, like the consciousness realms where your thoughts craft things, your thoughts make things. Um, and even in the scriptures, it says, you know, are ye not gods? And it's like, we are like, we are that Elohim. We are the lower density, the fallen angels, or at the very least, the Nephilim, um, that we, we all hear about. So Joey says, I choose source and love all is source. It makes sense that all of us and nature, et cetera, are one. Yeah, absolutely. I totally, that's, that's really where I go with everything. Um, it's all about source. Absolutely. And, and why is it all about source and why do the gods war constantly? Cause the gods are constructed from source filtered through ego projected as animals, as people, as icons, as extraterrestrials, as spirits, as whatever we construct them as. And ultimately source filtered through us with our conscious creations creates other beings and other realms we are all part of the same thought and unfortunately we just filter through the ego we're going to look at how do we break that cycle today because literally in the bhagavad-gita is basically the handbook here on how to break uh the hold that those roots have on you and ultimately tap into the source root so that we can ascend so this is a beautiful study buckle up here we go let me get another shot of coffee there how to cut the tree of attachment and attain salvation by taking refuge in God. The real form of this tree is not perceptible here on earth, nor is its beginning, end, or existence. Having cut the firm roots, the desires of this tree by the mighty acts of self-knowledge and detachment. So right away we're given immediately, here's how to cut the root. Here is how to sever that tie to this Maya illusion. It is through the acts of self-knowledge. Okay, and you guys know I've talked about yoga. I've talked about meditation. We've talked about gnosis within the Gnostic tradition. Um, and Jesus taught all of these things. Uh, Buddha, Krishna, um, all of these things are all about understanding thyself, the I am, ultimately I am, I am, right? And another being outside of us claiming the I am ultimately is still an ego projection of our I am. Um, you even look at like the um, like the Ten Commandments that were given to Moses and he kind of brought them down. And it's like, why did people need a moral conduct? Because it was projected, the God was projected through the flesh, through the ego. And so that God could only serve what the ego needed it to serve. And ultimately, as you look at like, who is the father of Jesus? I think it's one of the biggest mysteries in the world. Who is the father Jesus talks about? Because that father is not scripted anywhere. Uh, you have some hints about maybe it's El Elyon, but then you see some ties to El Elyon to other like constructed gods. We don't ultimately know, but I think Ultimately, we can experience that father and that oneness with the father, the mother, as the child, just like Jesus talked about. And we, too, can sit in the place of knowing that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the father or the mother except through the self. And so that ultimately is what I think like those verses mean. Now, there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with me. But again, I think this is very, very important today. Because ultimately, this is the battle for the soul. No, I don't think this is a, you're going to hell if you don't get this. That's not it. But you are going to keep on the hamster wheel. You will continue to serve energy into the constructed gods that we manifest anyway that want our service because ultimately we are serving the ego if we serve all of these other gods. That is why the, the yogis go straight to source. That is why Jesus went straight to source. That is why those of us that are here to truly ascend and help humanity forward to be light warriors, okay? 
I talk about light workers. Ultimately, light warriors are the ones that wield that axe of self-knowledge. We can sever those ties. We can actually reveal the illusion for ourselves. Ultimately, it's within the self. And as we take that to others, they're going to see it in us and go, I don't know what happened to him. He used to be such a jerk or such a pain in the butt or whatever. Oh, he was so sinful. And then they're like, man, something's changed about him. It's so weird. He has a whole different countenance about him uh, or her. You guys out there, ladies, you know, we're not who we used to be, right? I mean, we're all older now. We are seeking deeply. We may even be judged for like, oh, you're outside the church now or, oh, you're outside of this or, oh, you've left your savior. You think you're your own savior. I've gotten that a lot. No, 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 no. I don't think I'm my own savior, but ultimately be the Christ that I want in the world, right? Because if you realize the Christ is within you and ultimately it's that knowledge of that, that adoption of that, that unity with that, that being in that, that energy, that is that salvation energy ultimately. And again, this is not religious. And if you don't feel you need saving, that's fine because I don't think that this understanding is so much about saving you from your horrible self. This is about saving you out of this constructed reality that ultimately we're all bound by and we're going to keep coming back here until we realize it, reveal it, and ascend from it. And that's why I love Ascension Protocols. That's why I love um, everything that's in the Bhagavad Gita. I literally teach Ascension Protocols, by the way, if you guys love what I'm talking about and you're like, I got to, got to, got to go deeper and understand what Cub is talking about here. Um, I literally teach a whole course on how you can take all of these ancient concepts and literally develop your own system, your own framework, your understanding, okay? It's not mine that I'm feeding you. I literally go through in hundreds and hundreds of videos. Uh, this course is filled up so quickly, and it's so massive, and it's we're just adding stuff to it all the time. Um, it's called Charisma Light Warrior Academy. I'll talk more about it later. But if you're interested, it is the link in my profile, cubcooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R.com. You can't miss it. It's going to be right there at the top. Um, and I'm literally going to give you all the frameworks and teach you how to come up with your own so that you can help lead yourself and others uh, to all of the things that we truly desire here. Because I don't think anything that we truly desire here um, is negative. I think our true heart chakra desires are love, unity, uh, healing, wellness. We desire abundance. We desire to not work ourselves to death for the rest of our life. Uh, we desire to help end suffering for ourselves and others. We desire to move into a place of unity. And ultimately, that is the battle that's at hand. The battle for your soul is not this battle that we, I think, have, have heard it come out of the churches. It's more of the battle of you're just going to keep being a battery for this system if you don't understand it and you don't ascend. And so I hope that makes sense. Um, so as we continue in this, um, the roots are the desires. Now, if you think about the word desires, it comes from deity. And if you think about deity, a deity, again, is a constructed god out of the ego. And so these desires ultimately will continue to feed the, con the construct or the matrix. Um, and you may go, well, no, I have good desires that are pure. Those are different. That's actually called the good. And so the good is this thing that actually emits light within you. It's like this, this pure sun-like fire that emits from you. Um, a desire is something that like really nags at you and like you want it and you feel empty without it. But ultimately, the good emanates from you and creates amazing things. It creates all the opportunity that it needs. It draws all the good things towards it. Um, it is an abundant source within you that once it's opened up, you certainly don't want to close it. And you certainly can't go back to anything that's less. Um, and so we're going to talk about that here in a second, too. But um, the mighty acts of self-knowledge and detachment. Thus thinking, I take refuse in that very primal person from which this primal manifestation comes forth. Seek that supreme abode from where one does not come back to the mortal world again. The wise reach the eternal goal and are free from pride and delusion 
who have conquered the evil of attachment, who constantly dwell in the Supreme Self with all lust or calm, completely stilled, and who are free from dualities of pleasure and pain. Now think about dualities here. Ultimately, you know, we, we see male, female, we have um, heaven, we have hell, we have uh, divine feminine, divine masculine, we have light, we have dark, we have all these dualities. And ultimately, to attain this level of enlightenment and, and realization, what we call God consciousness, Christ consciousness, Buddha consciousness, Krishna consciousness, ultimately, we have to get to a place where we don't see heaven and hell. We don't see pain and suffering as different from pleasure. We don't see uh, light and darkness as different. We see all as one. We see unity. We see that the only thing that can be left at the end of the day is the truth about the one. And ultimately, this place, which is the eternal goal, free from pride and delusion, is it says the sun does not illuminate there nor the moon nor the fire that is the supreme abode having reached there people do not come back to the temporal world and so i think often we all think about source and and ultimately when we ascend fully we're going to be in the middle of this beautiful light emitting fire and the sun and everything and ultimately like think about it think about a yogi sitting in the middle of the sun if light is emanating from it then there is not light emanating onto it like it's it's almost this place of pure silence i don't want to say darkness but it's just it's just what is it's like everything is emanating from that and if you're in the play if you've ever looked at a flame on a candle and you see the dark spot in the middle and it's like there's no flame there but it's where all of the energy is rushing from and then it hits what is and emits light so it's a really interesting thought that light is not even real until it hits the maya or the illusion or the construct of our physical 3D world because it's the energy that actually doesn't even have light. It's just emanating because, yeah, that's a pretty wild thought, guys. Um, that's almost a 3 a.m. thought right there, so... Um, what are, what are my thoughts on if God was an alien? There's a lot of alien gods, a lot of alien gods. And so, yeah, uh, somebody's God is an alien. In fact, a lot of people's God is an alien. There's actually millions of people that worship UFOs and aliens. And I'm, and, and I'm not talking about knowingly. I'm just saying that they, based on the script that they read, you can look and go, that is an alien that is being worshiped. Um, and then you look at the pure doctrines and i say that loosely because i don't even like the word doctrine but you look at like the the texts from buddha krishna uh the gnostic representation of jesus which i believe are his authentic words um you see like a huge huge detachment from that like flesh-based ego-based god um and it's definitely um definitely outside of that hey bliss uh by the way brother I actually don't go live with people unless we like collaborate and we pick a subject together. Uh, we actually have a kind of a group, a little thing going on with people that collaborate with each other. So if you're interested in that, um, send me your channel. I'd love to check it out. Um, if we look like a good fit, we'll talk more. So hit me up. Um, let's talk more. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, absolutely. Truth that travel says I have a ton of content on this. So yeah, I literally, I mean, I've probably done dozens of episodes on God as an alien. Um, and really looking at that, that Yahweh, Yaldabaoth, um, the Demiurge, the extraterrestrial representation of what we needed a God to be at a certain point. And ultimately we served those gods so much and they became so real did they make us? Yeah, sure. Maybe we are their thoughts. I don't know. Maybe that they come closer from the source and then they created us and we have ego. Like, I don't know. Uh, this is such a weird thing to get into because obviously we know they're there. Like, I don't think we have to argue that these entities exist because we've seen them. There's so many testimonies of them. But I think it also can be argued that they're like manifest that like the more you believe in them, the more you see them. Um, and you can call that cognitive bias. But ultimately, I think that there's something pretty real about that because we're literally bringing them into our reality. 
Um, and at the end of the day, we have all of these mythologies about how they made us, how they terraformed this planet, how they bred us, how they uh, genetically modified us, how they showed us technology, how they helped us, you know, get started, basically. And we literally are like mining gold for them. We are helping them build things. And I mean, obviously, they could build things that we couldn't. I think we see that all over the planet. We see ancient technologies, even just just look at the pyramids. Nobody even knows what those are for. And I mean, I can say that because, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of data of people proving what they're for, but there's a lot of reputable people that all have different opinions on what they're for because we it's not like we can turn them on. We can't see that place where the pyramids are. looks nothing like it did back then. Um, obviously, we've had a global flood, which is recounted in many, many, many different mythologies. So something somehow happened where oceans shifted, fissures were opened up, rain came down. It was more about a restructuring of the surface of the earth. And so, you know, they've dug down like around the Sphinx and stuff, and you find that it goes on and on and on down under the sand, you know, just way, way down. I mean, um, I can't remember how deep it is, but it's, it's several stories deep under that where the sand, you know, originally was and probably plant life and more lush and just really, really wild guys. Like think about cradle of civilization, um, like in ancient Sumeria and Babylonia and stuff is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And like, I think we think of it now and we think just, you know, sand and rocks and stuff. I've never been there obviously. And I'm sure there's beautiful places, but I think from all of the texts, there's like this beautiful, beautiful lush areas that were more prevalent than we think of now because it really was like paradise. It was this everything we needed to get started in civilization was there. Um, yes, I did see that Melissa in the mythos group uh, with the pyramids like going down the obelisks underneath. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they're little lightning rods into the earth. Uh, you know, God only knows. Like we may never know. And, you know, it's so, it's so cool to me. So, um Somebody says, I was shown there's going to be another flood. Yeah, I mean, people are shown things all the time, by the way. And were you shown something from this reality or from a parallel universe? That's the other thing. People have visions all the time. Uh, sometimes they come true within this 3D realm. Sometimes they're an esoteric representation. Sometimes we're actually remembering a time that we existed in. And by the way, we've all existed in all times, all people, all places, everywhere, Everything all now at once, right? Um, and so, like, some of us can remember the future. Some of us can remember the past. Some of us can remember what might be. And that's another, like, well, that's a whole other episode to get into. So, yeah, from another parallel, absolutely. Um, and Truth to Travel says, yes, you can speak aliens into existence. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, think about the ancient Om. A-U-H-M, it is the sacred sound that, that created all things. And think about that. Like, we are sound, we are light, we are thought, we are energy. We are all things all at once. And wherever we want to exist is where we're going to exist. There's some people on this planet that literally exist as light, and they walk around as light. And you know them because people are attracted to them like moth to a flame. There's some people that walk around on this earth and they are little balls of flesh that will never have anything that they ever want in life. They will go through life in pure suffering and that is all they will perceive. That is the duality that we're talking about escaping. And that's the hardest part about this whole understanding a place where the sun does not illuminate because we are the illumination the eternal individual soul is the body of living beings indeed in the body of living beings is indeed my integral part so the eternal individual soul in the body of living beings is indeed my integral part and this is krishna talking um, as the supreme being it associates with the six sensory faculties as perception, including the mind, and activates them. So the six sensory perceptions are touch, smell, 
taste, hearing, sight, and the mind. Um, and so with that, and it says including the mind, just as the air takes aroma away from the flower, similarly, the individual soul takes six sensory faculties from the physical body it casts off during death to a new physical body it acquires in reincarnation by the power of karma. The living entity enjoys sense pleasures using six sensory faculties of hearing, touch, sight, taste, smell, and mind. The ignorant cannot perceive the soul departing from the body, or jeev, and I don't understand all of the terminology here, by the way, um, departing from the body, nor staying in the body and enjoying sense pleasures by associating with modes of material nature. The modes are the good, passion, or ignorance. But those who have the eye of self-knowledge can see it. The yogis striving for perfection behold the living entity abiding in the inner psyche, but the ignorant and those who inner psyche is not pure, even though striving, do not perceive him. So basically, this is saying, as you ascend, as you understand this matrix, as you understand this tree or the Maya construct, that you will see the purity of God living within the self. You will see the soul within each person. You will see that that soul is a part of a super soul, which is a part of a super mind, which is a part of the supreme being that we are all part of. And you will not just understand it, but you will feel it, you will know it, you will see it, you will experience it, and more and more and more. And I've had little flashes of this. I am not some ascended yogi. I've had little flashes of this, a little bit of understanding. So anyway, that's that's pretty much the lesson today. I'm going to take a few questions um and then we will uh we'll continue on by the way again don't forget if you guys want to support what i'm doing you can give me stars on here gifts over on tiktok super thanks on youtube if you're watching this after the fact you can give a one-time gift through the podcast apps or you can go and join charisma light warrior academy and skip all the other stuff and just say hey i'm ready to go deeper with cub on all of this i want to understand it more i want to build my own systems and understandings out of it I'm not here to be your guru, but I do have a ton of information in that course that is literally going to help you build your system so you can be a light warrior, so you can crush through barriers, so you can illuminate others in the world, illuminate yourself, and begin to understand the mysteries of existence. Thank you for the gift. I love those animated gifts. Thank you for the uh, the march. Uh, it was a big um, clover, four-leaf clover, tr truth that travels. Thank you very much. Um, and then uh, Randy had a good point here. Let's see. Randy says, um, duh, 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 duh. what did Randy say? The new physical body is spiritual only. The new creature is spiritual, reflecting on the physical being and achieving rebirth spiritually. So actually, uh, your Bible, Randy, does actually say that the new creation is not a spirit. It says it is a body. And you can go look that up. It's in the New Testament. I can't remember the verse right now. I just looked at it this morning. I think it's in Corinthians. Literally talks about kind of that, like the glorified body, the next level of ascension. So you know, I didn't write it. Um, but now I do believe in, in joining nirvana, like being in that place, the supreme abode, joining the supreme being, being in the supreme uh, consciousness. And I do believe that ultimately we are those light bodies, that light energy that will join that one unity. But I do think that we have many, many incarnation cycles we go through. And not just many. It's just like literally cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle. And if you just think of it as like a chemical reaction where you like start a reaction and you watch it happen, that's like literally how this whole life existence is. Millions and millions and billions and billions of entities all ascending at once. Uh, ascending and descending it's just like this organism moving and changing and ultimately it's all shifting back into the one like the that pre big bang moment where all is one and all there is is that singular consciousness and then it might create again we don't know um, it's just cool that we get to be a part of it and I think that ultimately the best place of ascension for me guys 
for me is to just sit in a place of I don't know. God, I want to experience this supreme being, father, mother. Just help me experience it fully. Help me to uh, love others. Help me to love myself. Help me to ascend in your perfect timing, your perfect protocol. Um, let's see. Uh, the Real says, thank you for your lesson. It helped me a lot. Hey, absolutely, my friend. I'm glad it did. Uh, Rennie says, karma is real as my soul is pure. Uh, yeah, karma, absolutely. Totally, totally real. Nancy says, yes. Uh, you know, karma is not this. It's not what we've made it in the West. You know, we have these quippy little sayings that are like, karma's a blank. Um, and it's like, that's not what it is, guys. Karma is literally an operating system. And if you understand that operating system, it's like you're programming that constantly. And yourself before this programmed it constantly. And your ancestors programmed it. And so it's like, you know, it's just over and over and over. Um, so, um, yeah, absolutely. That's not the one I'm talking about, Randy. And there's a million contradictions in the Bible, guys. Like, uh, you know, I'm not here to prove anything because I can't, I can't prove anything with the Bible. I can't prove anything with the Gita. I can't prove anything with anything. I'm not here to prove it, but I'm just telling you, this is what this scripture says. That's what that scripture says. And then a different book and chapter and verse will will uh, contradict that completely. You know, I don't think anyone uh, can argue with that. I mean, I'm sure they will because, you know, if you hold that the Bible or any other scripture is the inspired word of God and it's the only thing to look at, then you're just going to, again, trip over your own shoelaces all the time because you're just going to be dealing with that dualism over and over and over and over. And ultimately what we just looked at here is all about self-knowledge, self-understanding, and really go into a place where you can begin to cut down the roots of that tree of illusion um, and begin to ascend in a way that's non-dualistic, uh, that you experience all things as one. That's not easy. That's not easy, guys. But ultimately, that's the life of a yogi. And that was the life of Christ, I believe. So um, good stuff, brother. Hoodoo says, what's up, my friend? How are you doing, Hoodoo? We got a lot of hoodoos out here at the canyon, by the way. Um, I live right by Palo Duro Canyon, so... The mind creates karma. Yeah, absolutely. It, again, it's like it's like that computer code that like we're just tagging into the matrix system. So, um, truth of travel says deconstruct. Absolutely. So, um, also God has given messages. Uh, also, God given messages wouldn't be so full of error. Yeah, Ashley, great point. I mean, absolutely. Like I think that you know, if you look at all the yogis, all the ascended masters, they all like agree on kind of the pure spiritual understanding of that. We're all a part of one that, you know, if we serve our neighbor, we serve ourselves, we serve God. Like it's a very simple understanding. Guys, guys, stop. Hey, Hey, I'm on a live. Stop. Got the dogs playing here. Um, and so it's a very simple, pure understanding. And I think that what we do is we complicate that. And if you look at like documents like the Bible, um, it's been, you just literally go look at the canonization process, go look at how Rome got its hands on it. I mean, it's even why we have it is because of that whole process. And you look at all of the motives of the men that built that construct. And then you look at all the different discrepancies in it and, uh, the things that, you know, don't align. And it's, here's the deal. If it was this perfect, beautiful, inspired word of God, I think it would be more of a complete story. I think it would be simpler. I think it would be more transcendent. And I don't think that you would have to be a scholar or a pastor that trains for 50 years to try to understand it, which none of them agree anyway. And so I don't mean that as anything against church or the Bible or anything, but personally, I have deconstructed from the Bible is the word of God type understanding. And I look at the Bhagavad Gita, the Dhammapadas, the Enuma Elish, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Um, I look at the Gnostic Gospels a ton. Um, and ultimately, within my own spiritual practices for that inspiration uh, and that understanding, Brandon says Rome confused everybody. Absolutely. And if you look at the two beasts in Revelation, one of them is the Hebrew religious construct and the other is the uh, Roman political and economic construct. And so that's literally like the, the two beasts. And, you know, you got one is an antichrist um, and then one is that beast. And it like and I don't understand it all, but you can definitely draw parallels to the historical context. And 
there's a lot of people that believe revelation already happened a lot of people believe it's continually happening a lot of people believe it hasn't happened so i'm not here to argue any of that just look at possibilities so uh yeah great casanova says what about planet x uh, so, you know, planet Nibiru is, is talked about within the Enuma Elish. The stations of the gods are laid out as planets in the Enuma Elish, which is the seven tablets of, uh, the Babylonian creation myth. And, um, you know, planet Nibiru is, uh, something that's supposed to come around every, I can't remember how many years, like how many thousands of years. And, um, it makes sense. Like it, it lines up with the mythologies that our gods would be able to get off the that planet and come visit ours within like a you know thousand year window and you hear about thousand year reigns in the book of revelation too so like it all actually lines up really oddly conveniently in my opinion that maybe just possibly there is an exoplanet somewhere so far out there that we just have trouble seeing it but i do know that if you look up some of the data where we have like there's some hints at it looks like we might possibly maybe have found some data to suggest possibly that there is another planet in our solar system i have to say it with that many double negatives you know for the algorithm because i'm not claiming anything here i'm just sharing with you what i've seen and experienced so uh do i believe that jesus is the son of god came and died and rose again i mean sure but i, I think you're the son of god too so I don't, I don't think that that, that, that his being the son of God negates you being the child of God, the daughter of God, the son of God, whatever you identify as. Um, ultimately I think his story is ours and I think it's the story of the soul. Ultimately the crucifying of the flesh, the raising of the soul, the ascension, the new body, the new mind. Absolutely. He lives in us. Nancy says, um universe yeah ask me a question absolutely universe um christine says me too uh rennie says i'm so glad uh i'm here around others in wisdom and knowledge thank you rennie i appreciate that not everyone agrees with you about my content but you know that's it's for everyone not everyone loves it and the people that love it really really love it so we've got some great supporters would love to have you as one of them thank you for being here i i truly love everyone in our community I do my absolute best to give everybody uh, the love, the attention, the um, you know the space that they deserve to share these ideas. Uh, because ultimately, I don't think we've gotten it from the construct. Um, everything I've been a part of is you're allowed to think to a certain extent, and beyond that, you're not allowed. And that I have an issue with. So I I encourage everyone think outside the box, think for yourself. Uh, develop your own systems, processes, protocols. That's literally how I teach my course. I don't see anybody else teaching a course like that. It might be a controversial method, but ultimately um, I'm there to give you the data I've experienced, give you some ancient data, give you um, the empowerment that you need, and, and then every section has a challenge attached to it where you literally get to work on developing your own protocols, your own process. And you literally will come out of it with your own spiritual practice, even uh, personally or professionally. Um, and so it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But uh, Nancy says, thank you. Um, Truth of Travel says, if, if his message resonates with you, consider joining the Mythos community. Yes, Truth of Travels, absolutely. And I'll talk about Mythos on the afternoon episode. Um, right now, I, I, what I've been talking about, the course, by the way, is called Charisma. Charisma means um, grace and favor. Um, and so ultimately, that's what the course is about, the Charisma Light Warrior Academy. And so it's all about grace and favor as a light warrior and understanding that you have the authority to author whatever reality you want, develop your own systems, and find the true source within you and manifest that however you see fit as a co-creator. And so it's, it's really, really awesome. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about mythos. Uh, mythos is what is powering this afternoon's episode. And this episode is powered by the Charisma Light Warrior Academy. So please go check that out. I try to limit the, uh, ads that are on my channel for obvious reasons. You guys don't need to see a dish soap commercial in the middle of my podcast or hear something like that. So 
the more support we get with my products and services, uh, the, the less we have to monetize with anything else. So thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Nancy says, I really love this. Had a couple other questions. Um, let's see universe. Do you believe man is being deceived by believing, um, by believing on believes and no connecting? I'm not really sure. I understand your question. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying. I think I'll, I'll decode what you're saying in the way I understand it. Um, do we think that like we're being dece deceived by thinking that there is a belief system we need to follow? Yes, I do. Um, ultimately, I think that's what the construct wants is like pit us all against each other because we're black, white, yellow, gay, straight. Uh, we're open. We're closed. We're... Um, left we're right we're red we're blue we're whatever like literally i think the, those constructed bs's belief systems um are the thing that keep us tracked and trapped into the roots of this maya tree this construct this illusion because ultimately that silence within or that om within is the only truth and if we all realize that you know i i think I am not a seeker of truth, by the way. I think a lot of these spiritual channels, I've seen a million of them with those those names and stuff. And anyone that has those names, truth that travels, I love you. You are truth because you are truth. And I think you get that. And I love that about your channel. Um, but there's a lot of channels that are like trying to prove this is true. This is the, what truly happened or whatever. Guys, I really don't care because truth is one. And ultimately, nothing matters. A historical timeline doesn't matter. An opinion doesn't matter. A point of view doesn't matter. One matters. Shelley says, yes, there's so much about our history we don't know. Yeah. So what's the point in even trying to prove it? Just experience it. Just observe it. Just observe it as the one. And know that even if it's proven in this timeline now, there's a multiverse not far from you where it didn't really happen that way. And we can shift into that one anytime and anything can be rewritten. Anything can be reproven. Anything can be rethought and reconstructed because ye are gods. I love you guys. I'm going to go and have some lunch because my dog is trying to knock me out of my chair. She says it's time to eat. Uh, Brandon says, I think it's important. Um, important. The info and learning new things is more important than knowing what's true for sure. Yes, yes, absolutely. The experience of it. Is it better to go and hike up the mountains in Nepal and sit with a yogi? Or is it better to know the exact truth about a historical timeline of when a certain yogi walked in a certain place, be it Jesus or anyone else? I think it's more important to go experience it because that's more real than what may have or have not happened in some timeline. Missy says, enjoy lunch. Hope to catch you this afternoon. Be blessed, fam. Love you guys. Thank you for the support. Hit up my link over in the profile. Y'all have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you for the support. And I'll see you this afternoon. I do two a day, guys. 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll see you on the afternoon edition. I love you all. Thank you, Marvell. Peace.